is a Woodside Church podcast. Um, it was a bit of a shock when Hudson asked me if I wouldn't mind sharing um, today. I was a bit, I wouldn't lie to you, I was very anxious because it's the first Sunday of the year and I wanted to, I wasn't sure if he made the right choice. So I was thinking, why didn't you think about other people? Maybe in the middle of the year, okay, but not the first Sunday. But I thank the Lord, and I thank you so much, Hudson, for the privilege. It's an honor to, you know, to stand before you this morning. Um, if you don't mind, can we just take a minute to pray? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that for some amazing, wonderful reason you have taken out of my preach and infused it into our worship this morning. And so whatever I'm gonna speak on this morning, Lord, I thank you that it confirms your word. I bless you, Father, and I pray that every heart that is open before you today will receive from you, Almighty God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So, Happy New Year. Um, On New Year Day, I wanted to uh, buy something. You know, I'm a a guy, lastminute.com. So I went into one of the shops um, on New Year Day, and I was shocked to see that they had started putting out Valentine products. And I was like, what? I had to look at my watch to make sure that I actually know the date. And then, as I went into the shop, I could see some Easter products, you know, hot cross bun, all the, like, they should give us a breather, you know? But this is how much shops expect us to think far ahead, they put pressure on you, you know? The title of my preach this morning is Tuning into God. That we should tune into God. Now, those of you who have lived in Africa or Asia will remember this, this sound. Okay. Um, <laughs> how annoying do you find that? You know, and um, that was the sound of a very, very poorly tuned radio. Oh, this, this image, this image, yeah, yeah. And I know the youngsters in the room are completely, oh, they don't understand. <laughs> They've got no clue. And uh, you're blessed, that's all I can say. <laughs> Imagine listening to a football broadcast and that's happening and you're straining your ears to hear the commentator's voice or you're watching TV and that is going on or you're watching you know, the food channel and you're trying to copy the recipe and it keeps on going up and down. 
But remember what we had to do? What we had to do to get good reception? I don't know if some of you can remember. I know that there was one popular one, Itai, um, uh, a wire to the radio antenna, and then you take it outside. <laughs> or, if you're really desperate, you're watching a football game, you climb to the top, the, the top of the building to turn the antenna, and you're shouting to the guy, is it better now? <laughs> or you're this poor guy who has to stand and hold the antenna in one direction while everybody's watching the game. <laughs> you know, all the good old bang it on the side syndrome, pop, pop. It works for a while <laughs> and then breaks down again. <laughs> See, that is, that is static noise and it's often caused when we are too far away from the transmitter when there's an obstacle blocking the signal from, um, from you receiving the signal, when the signal is weak, or most importantly, when there is interference from other signals. And church, the world is full of static noise. And sometimes it's too loud, and Sometimes we can't hear or see what God is saying or where God is leading us. So as we enter into this new year, especially this year, we're carrying a huge amount of static noise. It's deafening. We're carrying more burden into the new year than we've ever done before. So what are the burdens we carry into this new year? Well, we have the, the global economic crisis that's affecting every country in the world. We carry the impact of COVID. It's still with us. It hasn't gone. We carry the fact that there is conflict in almost every region of the world. And then, of course, the social media epidemic that has magnified information to the extent that it's so impactful on us. And then the one that is so... Um, scary, the cost of living crisis, which if you are here and you have not been impacted by the cost of living, living crisis, you must be in a, in, a, in a new planet or a different planet than everybody else. And then to top it all, the epidemic of gender issues, where the world is completely gone mad. But these are just a few of the, the, the static noise that we hear from the earth. But have you noticed that each year we get new added burdens that we carry into the... So we're carrying burdens and then they add some more, you know? But these noises, these human static noises are... I call them transmission blockers, like a radio signal. They blur God's image. They blur God's, they distort God's voice. And they make God seem distant. And this Bible verse from Psalm 22, which we all know, and it was recited by Christ on his last day. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night, but I find no rest. Some of us, that's the cry of our heart because we're bombarded by so much human static noise that God seems so far away. Sometimes we feel like we're drowning because it, it's, it's too much. Feel like crawling into a corner and just sit there because we can't deal with all that the world is throwing at us. So naturally, we enter the year feeling very anxious. I don't know about you, but I did enter the year feeling anxious. We did celebrate the new year, we had fun. I think the crossover service was amazing. I, I believe that you know, God was setting the scene at that service. And like I said, a lot of what has been happening from that service, even to today's worship, led into what God has spoken to me to share with you. But we are genuinely anxious. I know I am. I'm anxious about all the things happening in the world and how it's impacting me and my family. So I can't see God clearly and I can't get to hear him clearly either. Anxiety is really a spiritual disease. It's like getting ahead of God. You see, according to Cory Temboom, she says that anxiety is like carrying out, carrying tomorrow's burden with today's strength. But the Bible does say in the book of Lamentations 3, 22, that through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed because his compassion fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We sang that this just now, that he will never fail. So anxiety is like trying to work out or imagine the end before the beginning. Like moving into tomorrow ahead of God. But do you know that anxiety actually controls you by making you think that you're out of control? So you try to live multiple days at a time. Even those of us that profess 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by faith and not by sight. But we still worry about what tomorrow will bring. So we we struggle to rest in today out of fear of tomorrow. But you know, Jesus did prophesy our state of mind even now. It's amazing that Christ you know, is our example of what it means to be a human being because he lived, he was, he was purely human and purely God. He says in John 16, that I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's Christ prophesying our state of mind. But he has given us a way out. He says, he is our hope. Amen. So that is our condition as we walk into a new year. So how do we then tune out the world and tune into God? 
What do we do? Again, we look to Christ, our source of everything that it means to be human. Because Christ knows that on our own, we will be very anxious because we want to think of next five days, next 10 days. He says in Matthew 6.34, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has its own trouble. So, and that brings me back again to Lamentations um, 3.22. It says that the compassion of God does not fail. They are new every morning. So God gives us grace for the day. Every morning we get enough dose of grace to last us the day. Christ says not to worry about tomorrow because all your tomorrows belong to God. See, God is amazing because the Bible says that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So God is gone, he knows our past. He knows our future. And he works with us in our present. So we're not to stress and worry and ponder what tomorrow brings. And one thing I believe is that our worrying about tomorrow does not empty the sorrows of tomorrow. Rather, it empties the strength for today. So why does God give us grace for one day? Why? Why not give us a weekly dose, monthly, yearly? Why does God give us grace for one day? I believe with my whole heart it's because he wants us to trust him for tomorrow. You know, like the verse that says, um, I think it's uh, Isaiah 41. So it talks about the fact that he says, I will save you with my righteous right hand. And God is extending a hand. What does it, when, when you extend a hand to your child, what does that mean? It means walk with me. It talks about relationship. And that's what God is calling us to this year. So if you want to be great, be great today. Don't worry about tomorrow's greatness. Worry, just plug in, do all the great things you want to do today. Want to be the best husband or best wife? Be the best husband and wife today. Christ desires that to find contentment in today. Because when tomorrow comes, it too shall be today. And one thing I do believe is this. Now, it's not about being impatient. In fact, anxiety does produce impatience. It's not about being impatient, but it's about doing the will of God for today. It's about finding where God is at and plugging into it. It's about doing that which he has put in your heart for this day because he will empower you to do that. He will give you all that you need to achieve that. So how do we live for today then? Church, how do we live for today? I believe that as children of God, and this is something that 
I've tried to live out in my life. Structure your life around Jesus. I mean, we, we, we do that. We structure our life around our work. We do. Structure our life around some people around, um, maybe there's, a, there's a, a pastime that they have. Build a life around it. But structure your life around Jesus. And how do we do this? Is by structuring our life around prayer. It's quite interesting that when Christ drove the money changers out of the temple in Matthew 21, 13, he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Now, that was the temple. And I've been pondering about this verse. Okay, now we don't have a temple anymore. But what does the Bible say about us? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. If this is the house that God now lives in, that means this house shall be a house of prayer. Amen. So, and Paul encourages us in Philippians 4, 6. A very popular verse, we all know this, and we recite it all the time. It says, do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, petition, with thanksgiving, present your request before God. So Paul kind of gives us a formula, I don't really believe in formulas, but a way in which to live outside of anxiety. So we are to pray, we are to petition God, we are to show gratitude to God, and most importantly, we are to trust God. And Christ says, and you know, I, I love the, 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 the word that somebody shared uh, during the worship time. It says that if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask in prayer. And these are the words of Christ himself. Amen. So if you're feeling distant from God because of all the human static noise, oh, bless you, thank you. Listen to what Paul says. So before, um, before Philippians 4, 6, Philippians 4, 4, 5, or Philippians 4, 4, does encourage the Philippians, says rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. God is not distant from you. In fact, He's closer than you think. So, you might feel that separation or that, because the world is, is pushing so much on you that you can't hear God clearly, you can't see him clearly. But the end of Philippians 4, 6 is really where we should be heading to. Because Paul did end that verse by saying that the peace of God that passes all understanding shall guard your heart. So when we, when we pray, when we petition, when we show gratitude and when we trust God, the end point is peace. You know, we sang that, that beautiful song. I love that song so much. Firm Foundation. It says, I've got peace that makes no sense. 
You're standing in the midst of a storm and you're peaceful. People are looking at you. This guy should be tearing their head off, but he's got peace. He's still. And so that is the, the end point or the, the, what we receive when we sow into the life of prayer. Peace. That makes no sense. You trust God. You know, I, I would use my, my children as an example. My first son, anytime he gets into trouble, the first thing he does is, is where is my dad? And that gives me so much joy. And after speaking to me, you can see that he's completely peaceful. He stops worrying because he's spoken to his dad. The same thing applies to us. When we bring our anxiety, our fears before God, it gives us peace knowing that we've spoken to our father. We've handed it over to him. So walking into this new year, my plea is make prayer personal because we serve a God that is so close and so personal to us. Amen. Pray your weaknesses to God. Let God see your vulnerability. Fall on your face. Do whatever it takes to let him see your heart. He knows your heart, definitely, yes. But when you express it, it's even greater. Be brutally honest with him. In fact, God wants us to know, or he wants to know how much we need him. I mean, if you think of David's example, you know the Bible, <laughs> the book of Psalms is almost 50% lamentation. David lamented virtually all the time. I mean, if you think of Psalm 6, verse 3, my soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord? How long? Psalm 38, verse 9, all my longest lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. Psalm 10, verse 1, why, Lord, do you stand afar off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? So pour out your heart before God. And then we need to pray his word back to him. You know, we can make a lot of flowery prayers, you know, that talks about all the great things and good things. But God will fulfill his word. He says in, in Jeremiah 1-12, he says, you have seen well, for I am watching over my word to perform it. So God will fulfill his word. It's also, and this is the, the, the one verse that I read and it just blows my mind. That's Psalm 138 verse two. It says, for your loving kindness and your truth, for you have magnified your word above all your name. The word of God is above his name. That, that tells me the power of scripture. And that's why we need to read the Bible. 
Even memorize scripture because that's what we pray back to him. Think about it, guys. Which time do you fulfill your children's uh, desire? Isn't it when they actually tell you of the promise you made? But dad, you promised. It's true. You promised that if I do this, you will do that. And of course, you say, okay, you've got me. All right, okay. So we pray God's word back to him. And I've always wondered, I keep wondering why the Bible talks so much about having that um, living for God's today rather than worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, next tomorrow. And there's a verse that we, in my family, we've taught the boys this verse. It's from Psalm 119, verse 105. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. And I've pondered so much about this verse. What does it really mean? If you've ever lived in the village in Africa, you know what a lamp looks like. A lamp will only give you enough light for a step. It's not like a touchlight that goes far. A lamp gives you that enough step. So God leads us step by step, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day. Amen. So prayer releases the soul from the burden of anxiety. So God is calling us this year to tune back into him and tune the world out. And I hope that the message that I bring today will help you to peel away the blurred image that the world has been putting in front of you, to set that aside and see God clearly. You know, um, there's a, a song that, I don't know how does it even go? Um, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look close in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.